0: Ulterior. Hey guys, so I'm just putting this disclaimer at the start of the episode so that there are no questions later on as you progress through this duration. Um, the first half of this episode was recorded a couple weeks ago back when I was sick because I was just really bored and I was trying to give myself something to do and I was hoping it would make myself feel better, but really it didn't work at all. So from the intro all the way through song 32, my voice is absolutely fucking cooked and i apologize for that but from songs 31 all the way through the end i sound fine so yeah just giving all that heads up but yeah uh, thanks for joining me on this bonus episode which you're not obligated to hear but you chose to for whatever reason so i really fuck with that thank you so much um this is my retrospective look at the top 50 songs for last year i did something similar for the 2020 list back at uh, this time in 2021. So I thought it would be fun to just kind of revisit the idea and maybe make it an annual thing if that's something that you guys are interested in. So yeah, uh, enjoy this hour-long episode about me looking at what I was cooking last year. Thank you. So, as I just previously stated, this is a look at my top 50 songs from last year and just kind of give like a, maybe some uh, recollection about where my head was at placing the songs where I did, if I stayed for the same, if I would move something up or down or whatever the case might be, you know, just kind of like, again, see where my head was at the time. And I'm also going to structure this episode the way I did last year's. So, the song clips will be layered behind my voice as opposed to the way I normally do it where... I'll introduce a song, play a clip, and then, uh, you know, give some commentary. The commentary will be provided over the song, so you'll hear it in the background. And yeah, I think that's kind of all I need to say, so I will go ahead and start the look from 50 to 1 right now. Number 50 was It's Over by Silverstein. I remember this and Bankrupt. Those were the two singles for Silverstein last year. I thought Bankrupt was a really cool song, but It's Over had, like that generational factor that i always love to hear at Scene because i know how good they can be it is admittedly like a straightforward rock song but i think silverstein took that formula and just crafted it perfectly to their sound uh this ended up being part of misery made me which is a Scene album that dropped this past may was this my favorite song on the album uh i don't know maybe maybe not we'll see Number 49 was Dad Vibes by Limbiscuit. I thought the Limbiscuit comeback was really fucking sick. I remember Fred Durst had like that grandpa get up at Lollapalooza and then uh, that translated to him kind of taking on that persona and that aesthetic for the comeback through Dad Vibes. I think Dad Vibes has like the like the swagger and the characteristics of a Limbiscuit track or like a patented Limbiscuit track. Um, it's catchy, it's arrogant, it's obnoxious, it's just everything that I need Limbiscuit to be. Number 48 was Holy Water by Tilly, and so the song is not being played right now. Um, I am doing this to establish precedence for what will happen in the future when situations like this arise. Um, I'm not going to comment on the song. I'm acknowledging that it was there. I'm not going to pretend that I didn't put it here because you can listen to the episode from last year and see that it was there. But obviously, since then, things have changed. Things have happened. Things have come to light, and for those reasons, I do not care to platform tilian or anybody in dance give dance number 47 was hopes and dreams by caskets this is a slow song from lost souls which i thought was a fantastic debut record for caskets uh i think hopes and dreams is able to differentiate itself from the rest of the record by having that like slow and anthemic and acoustic kind of a vibrancy going for it like the first half of the song is acoustic and then the half thereafter um, the rest of the band comes in and it picks up this intensity that's like laced with emotion and it's just done in a really really magnificent way that i think highlights a lot of the strengths of caskets that maybe weren't highlighted on the other songs on lost souls Number 46 was Lost and Left Behind by Imminence. So I can acknowledge that some of the Imminence uh, the and Heaven and Hiding love that I showed on the year-end stuff last year, it was a little, a little bit of recency bias because Imminence had the final album for the year that I reviewed. And for that reason, I had like this special attachment to a lot of the material on there. What I will say is Lost and Left Behind, maybe it doesn't make top 50 in retrospect, but it still is a top 100 song in my opinion. I think this track is just very beautiful and cathartic and the way that Eminence are able to kind of incorporate these orchestra elements into their sound, I think Lost Left Behind was the biggest culmination of that style and for that reason, I-, I think this song is still tremendous in every possible fashion. Number 45 was Love Them and Leave Them by Like Pacific. I didn't give this band a fair shot last year because their album dropped on December 3rd, literally the cutoff date, and I was kind of scrambling to get stuff done at that time as it pertained to preparation for year-end awards so control my sanity kind of exists as an album that like i reviewed but i didn't live it i didn't breathe it the way that i did so many of the other records that were represented in this top 50 list what i will say is love them and leave them to me is like the quintessential pop punk song with attitude and aggression laces all throughout it um i think for being a a pop punk song that is like kind of like a little bit fast-paced in a way uh or at least in a way that is not so uh like adherent to what people think about when it comes to like pop punk nowadays it's a great song I really love the vibrancy of it and the pacing of it and I think Light Pacific just absolutely demolished the song number 44 is I won't find hope in you by wither away fiction Ricky Armelino. Um I don't really remember where wither away came from I don't think they've actually done much ever since then I know they had a cover of a song from cyberpunk but uh, as far as like original material goes i won't find hope in you the the album was like the last thing that they were really uh like on my radar for this particular song the title track i think this track is fucking phenomenal um the way that it kind of is like uh like a post-hardcore song laced with an alt rock song alt metal whatever you want to call that shit i, I think wither away just found a sound that completely highlights every bit of what makes them so special and adding Ricky you know it's a winning formula for any track Uh, this song I think really really holds up well even to this day number 43 was cutting it close by rain city drive I'm laughing because rain city drive is a band that You know, if you asked me a year ago how I felt about them, I was going to say, like, oh, they're at the top of the game, they're at the top of the scene, they're going to do big things in 2022, and then uh, the album came out, and if I was doing, like, miscellaneous awards for most disappointing band of the year, Rain City Drive would be a contender for sure. But looking at the positives of what they put out over last year, Cutting It Close is for sure at the top of that uh, list. I think Cutting It Close kind of acted as, like, the best possible bridge between To Better Days and Rain City Drive self-titled and just kind of showed like every element of this band that i know is still there i know they can still cook i know they can still deliver and cutting it close is for myself the proof of that number 42 was family by bad flower i still cannot get over just the emotion and the spine chilling nature of this song i I think bad flower maybe this is how the world ends doesn't hold up the way that I would have positioned it at the time in this day and age but family a hundred percent does the way that the song is so brooding and like just unnerving and almost gross all the way throughout it it is fucking fantastic and I think bad flower i i need more material from them that is in alignment with flower maybe not something like uh stalker which was earlier on the list and i kind of regret putting it there family to me is everything that i am turning to bad flower for in this day and age and then into the future as well number 41 was know my loneliness by never tell one of the most important songs from last year for myself and it is going to remain in that echelon for the rest of my life not to get too personal this early on into the episode but Uh, This was like the first song that I remember listening to after my cat Mikasa passed away in May. And for that reason, Know My Loneliness, maybe it was like a a strategic thing on my end. Because Know My Loneliness, you know, it kind of speaks to what I was feeling at that time. You know, point blank loneliness. And I was able to make this connection to that song in a way that I didn't have with so many other songs last year and to have this track be right there with me alongside like the grieving and the healing process, it meant everything to me. Number 40 was Treading Water by Holofront. So I remember hearing this song at a Starbucks, it was on Friday, August 21st, 20th, I don't remember the exact date, uh, it was the day that CM Punk debuted in AEW, so that's kind of like my attachment to the song or like at least like what, uh, what memories are triggered whenever I hear Treading Water. Um to me this was like the culmination of Holofront's sound up to this point and then even thereafter, because I still think that this was the best song on the Price of Dreaming, which is their album from this past May. Treading Water takes all of the right parts of Metalcore and all the right parts of post-hardcore and just blends them together into this song that I think really shows the potential on the part of Holofront and just how capable they are of leading this kind of an ocean in the scene if they were to so choose to one day because I know they have the abilities because of Treading Water number 39 was burn it down by against the current i went into the awards season last year with a fucking agenda to establish against the current as one of the top bands ulterior has and will ever see i think fever still is a perfect ep one of the top releases of the decade so far burn it down maybe didn't have the traction of uh like weapon or again and again or anything like that but i feel like it is one of the best songs on the EP, one of the best songs that Against Current I've ever put out in general. I fucking love how it's kind of like a like a pop song disguise with these uh, like very heavy and harsh elements mixed in. It's just like the perfect style for what Fever was going for. And I think everybody in the band just absolutely was at the top of their game for Burn It Down. Number 38 was Oh Mommy by Chase Atlantic featuring Maggie Lineman. So there were two versions of Oh Mommy that came out last year. The regular one with just Chase Atlantic and then this remix with Maggie Lineman. Both were on the Beauty and Death Deluxe edition that dropped back in, I believe it was May of this year. Um, I, I think this song is only elevated by Maggie's feature. Maggie is somebody who I think is like a real star while being a hidden gem in the scene. And having her talents be contributed to Omami, it just took the song to another level. And I think it, it has, like, that, uh, that real arrogant fuckboy nature to Chase Atlantic that I think they're able to utilize in a way that it acts as, like, an advantage for them. And there really are no other bands I can say that about because it, it's a turnoff for other acts, but for Chase Atlantic, it makes them who they are. And I really, really fucking admire them for that. Number 37 was I Don't Like People and They Don't Like Me by Boston Manor. So I can acknowledge that Desperate Times and for pleasure. It's probably wasn't the most memorable EP from last year. Even if I believe it was one of the best. They probably made a better case for themselves this year with Detura. About like why they still belong in that upper echelon conversation for the scene. Um, but again Desperate Times I still think is a perfect EP. And I Don't Like People is to me the pinnacle of what Boston Matter have been doing uh, throughout that time. It's the perfect song for an introvert like myself to just kind of like get lost in and have this weird attachment to and the song is still like draining and it's not uplifting in any way but it's still very powerful and i think that is like a real intangible element to boston manners delivery that nobody else could have picked up for this kind of a song number 36 was face me by the plot in you i think swan song was like a top 20 record i don't know if it would remain there it might get bumped down to like the 30 range or so um and face me might not be this high now that i think about it but what I will say is that Face Me is the exact kind of a song that I wanted to hear from Platinum at that time. It was grimy and gritty and disgusting and like not uplifting in any way. It's very much still like a downer song. One of the more disturbing songs that I was able to enjoy last year, but I think it just like speaks so truly and heartily to The style of the plot in you and what makes him so cool and what makes Landon tours one of the most effective vocals in the scene. The plot in you just delivered on every possible front for this track, I believe. Number 35 was Sober Exits by Static Dress. The lead single for Prologue, which was like this EP slash comic book kind of a gimmick that Static Dress did towards the end of the year. Um, An incredible concept and the way that it kind of set up what would be happening for them this year with Rouge Carpet Disaster. Just masterful work on their end and like for a band as young as them to have this kind of sound and image down to perfection, it's genuinely marvelous. And I think people need to be paying attention to static dress. Sober Exits to me, it's kind of like the uh it's not the pinnacle of what they did last year, but it's like a pillar of where they stand to this day i think silver exits has the aggression and the attitude and the emotion and the delivery that every static dress song has called for and has championed in a big way number 34 was anchor by a mice and men uh this was initially on the timeless ep out back in february of last year but then it ended up being on echo which is the a mice and men album that came out december 3rd uh, Anchor, I don't remember if this was, like, the slowest song on that record, but to me, it was the most emotionally packed song. I can vividly remember sitting in the room I was living at the, at the time, and just having all of these weird and crazy thoughts going through my mind, because we were still in the pandemic, and there wasn't really, like, a, like an end in sight, per se, and it, it was the kind of song that just made me, like... Really really bring my brain back down to earth and I always need those kinds of songs and anchor came to me right when I needed it to be Number 33 was overrated by landmarks landmarks. I had like a top 15 album last year It was like 13 or 12 if I remember correctly Uh, and for good reason. Landmarks just showed the fuck up last year with Lost in the Waves. I think that record really cemented Landmarks for myself as like a pinnacle metalcore band in the scene going today, and Overrated is the grandiose work of that record. Uh, I think Overrated, it doesn't waste any time getting to the point. It is just thunderous and fast-paced and ferocious and blistering and everything that you can think of for a metalcore song, and it just kind of exemplifies why that genre is still around to this day and why I still give a fuck about it. Because when bands can put out songs the way that Landmarks put out Overrated, it makes the journey with Metalcore worth it. For the good and the bad, Overrated, just it, it makes me so proud of Metalcore. Number 32 was Little Mistakes by Rivals. For myself, Rivals feels like the kind of band that I know how good they are and I know how good they can be in the future, but I feel like I'm still waiting for them to deliver that piece of material that or, or rather that body of work that really just like speaks to the potential that i've always been able to see in them and little mistakes is the biggest glimpse into the perfection and mastercraft on the part of rivals this song is like slow and haunting while still delivering a chorus that is like catchy and can get lost in your head it's the perfect kind of a. Like, a real draining alt-rock song that just speaks so fucking heavily to everything that I believed in at the time and I still do to this day. Like, I am not sure if there was a bigger hook for myself last year than All I Want Is My Sins Forgiven. Number 31 was Headache by Heart of Gold. Heart of Gold is the solo project of Michael from Being As an Ocean. And what he can do with this track and Heart of Gold altogether is just provide some of the more, like, really chill and... I guess, thought-provoking pop rock songs in the scene realm. Uh, Headache is so like just catchy and infectious and everything about the pacing of it and the delivery of it, the production of it, everything about it, it just kind of like has like that uh, 70s and 80s synthwave throwback style while still being integrated into a modern scene structure that I think is really, really admirable. And Headache was one of the just like most head nodding tracks for myself last year. Number 30 was Circle With Me by Spirit Box. So there was like a six week period back when the weekly podcast series started where I was reviewing fucking everything. Like I wasn't breaking it down like I do nowadays where I talk about what I want to and I'm just like, hey, here are these other singles. I was talking about every single. So I was just like swarming myself with music at the time. And one of the only bright spots coming out of that really, really tumultuous period was circle with me whenever i think about being up until like 4 or 5 a.m recording and editing and uploading episodes circle with me is what i think of i think that song is just really really an amazing testament to the ability of the Spirit Box, because up to that point, for myself, it was, you know, Holy Roller, Bleach Bath, Belkara. Like, these were the tracks from Spirit Box that I was associating their style with. And then they come out with Circle With Me, and it kind of set the pace perfectly for Eternal Blue and what would become of that record. So, Circle With Me is absolutely, bar none, one of the biggest highlights myself for last year. Number 29 was Memory Fiction by ERA. If nothing else, in my opinion, Memory Fiction is the best era song since Skyline from 2016. I think Memory Fiction is one of the most perfect record closures I've ever heard. It is beautiful, it is just gutting, and it's the kind of song that, when it initially came out in March, I was able to gravitate towards it, and then... As certain events unfolded in my life throughout the rest of the year, my admiration for memory fiction just grew infinitely, and this is a song that I'm going to be carrying with me in my heart for the rest of my life. Number 28 was Supervillain by Between You and Me. Between You and Me had one of the most prolific banner years of 2021, and I don't know how many people actually realized that between you and me and armageddon everything packaged within this act was just superb last year i think "Supervillain" was the lead single for armageddon and for myself as somebody who knew how good uh, between you and me were this song still just took me aback and it kind of showed me like how big of a deal this band was going to be for myself in 2021 and it was the perfect way for me to kind of reintroduce myself to between you and me Number 27 was Different by Maggie Linneman. Different was written about the time where Maggie was detained in Malaysia and she spent, I think it was 24 hours in jail and then like five days or so on house arrest before being able to return to the US. And just the experiences that she had in that moment where she felt so hopeless and vulnerable and didn't know what was going to happen to her or what her future would be, having, you know, come out of this really dire situation. And I'm not at all saying that anything that I've gone through is comparable to, you know, being detained in Malaysia, but what I am saying is that the sonic tone of Different and the lyrical content provided here, it was something that was able to kind of just like wrap itself around my brain, and certain events and situations kind of just played out in my mind over and over again, and that really just like downbeat emo style that is present in Different is it just kind of made me look at everything that has happened to me and it, in a weird way like be appreciative of it because of how it shaped me while also acknowledging to the world that you know sometimes i really just wish this didn't happen or that i wasn't me and, and literally that goes into the chorus. i just want to be someone different than me sometimes number 26 was babylon by normandy babylon was one of the first tracks from 2021 that i really just like felt like gassing up and just kind of telling the whole world like hey go check out babylon go check out normandy because in the lead up to dark and beautiful secrets which was their 2021 record it just kind of felt like this band was unstoppable like there was no misstep they could have possibly taken and i think babylon really did a lot for myself to cement normandy in that spot i think babylon has you know just that perfect balance between uh like ferocious instrumentation without really being over the top or heavy per se and just the way that philip is able to morph his voice to what is happening instrumentally on babylon it was a real gem for normandy and i feel like this was kind of a song that when i really think about it it having been released in january and me being able to have the entire year to really soak it in it became one of the foundations of ulterior last year number 25 was bitter by chunk no captain chunk In the end, I believe that the name Bitter was like very strangely apropos for this track. So this was the comeback single for Chuck No Captain Chunk because they had kind of disappeared ever since releasing Blame It On This Song in 2016. And then Bitter released and this really should have been a victory lap for myself. This really should have been a moment in time where I can just look back and kind of like relish in what was going on around me because I finally had New Chuck No Captain Chunk. In reality, Bitter released the day after I got my second dose of Moderna, so I was just fucking gone, dude. I was out of it. I didn't feel like doing anything, and then a couple days later, my cat Mikasa passed away, and it was just, you know, one of the really, really darkest times of my life, and this was the beginning of it, so I kind of associate Bitter with that period, but... At the same time, I believe that coming out of 2021, Bitter really proved to be such a good song to the point where I am able to just listen to it and admire and appreciate everything happening within it without really hearkening back on all of the negativity that was surrounding me at the time of the release of this song. Number 24 was Call Me Back by Chase Atlantic. Something that I remember describing when going through the top 100 songs last year was the two sides of chase atlantic and you have you know the really arrogant and just over the top fuckboy side of chase like how you hear on omami for example and then there's a side of them where they're very much so vulnerable and relatable and for myself call me back is exactly just that it is vulnerable and relatable and hearing a band like chase atlantic describe these like very um like anxiety filled tones and themes throughout this song it's kind of jarring but at the same time it's something that i was able to just really like push myself towards and i think that is what established the connection between myself and call me back that maybe wasn't there on a song like Aaliyah or uh out the roof for example amazing songs perfect fucking songs but call me back felt like my song If that makes any sense number 23 was godspeed by young culture This is one of the most fucking adorable songs I got to listen to last year. It is immensely just beautiful and the kind of song where even if it's not doing anything like really really unique like I've definitely heard songs before that sound like Godspeed but those songs don't have the impact on me that Godspeed did and maybe... It's a time and place thing. Maybe it's just, you know, in relation to a certain situation of my life back then and really still to this day. And that's why Godspeed can still have the stranglehold on me that it did at the time. Um, you know, I really turned to the bridge for Godspeed as like a good, uh, example of like what those moments really sound like when music is able to just paint this really beautiful image in my head of like love and affection and these things that i wish i had a better grasp of no matter where you go the places that you'll see no matter who you find the people that you'll meet i'm always on your side i wish you godspeed and you can know that you'll always have me number 22 was drugs and love by holding absence so i don't want to go too in depth or in detail about why this song means so much to me if you really want to hear that full explanation please go and check out the episode last year that this song is covered in for the year-end stuff what i will say is for reasons that i never understood and i might just never in totality this was a song that was playing in my head at the exact moment that my cat Mikasa passed away. I don't really understand why, again, because this wasn't a song that I had heard recently before that. Um, you know, The Greatest of My Life had dropped maybe like a month and two days before that exact moment. But Drugs and Love wasn't a song that I was going back to all the time. It wasn't constantly in my rotation. Yet, for whatever reason, in one of the Actually, not one of. In the worst moment of my life, this was the song that resonated with me. And I don't get it, but I feel a sense of gratitude to Holding Absence for being able to have a song like that, that was able to, you know, really, really mean as much to me in that moment as it did. Number 21 was Afterlife by Holding Absence. So, you know, Holding Absence coming in back-to-back spots last year... It kept them out of the top 20, and that was kind of a deliberate thing on my end because Drugs and Love and Afterlife are a little bit too on the nose when it comes to like really describing my mental health and certain things I'm going through, and you guys will see that happen again in this year's year-end list when it comes to songs that are maybe you know too self-descriptive. But to go back to just Afterlife for right now, Afterlife is just like this really hauntingly beautiful track in the sense that I can feel every lyric from Lucas. I can feel these melodies. That part of the second and third chorus, I lost a vital part of me. It is such a simple line while at the same time just meaning the world to me and... Afterlife had released in January, and it was a song that was able to impact my life at that time, yet as months progressed, it just became all of the more effective for myself, and Afterlife is the kind of song that I think really defines where holding absence war in 2021, and I know that moving forward, whenever I think back on that year, Afterlife will be one of the first songs that comes to mind. Number 20 was Rock Bottom by Gucci High Waters, featuring Nothing Nowhere. An absolute fucking superpower unit these two made. I remember just sitting in my room at the time in January of 2021 waiting for my mom to pick me up so we could go to the mall. And I had started jokes on you and I got to Rock Bottom which comes pretty early in the track list. And it was hard to get through the rest of the record because all I wanted to do was just keep listening to Rock Bottom over and over again. Everything about the track works to perfection. The unison between the downbeat rhythm mixed with Gucci High Water's like very drained delivery and a delivery that is matched by Nothing Nowhere and again, just like a powerhouse unit that these two make. And for that reason, I I feel like I would actually move Rock Bottom higher than 20 if I'm being honest. I think this song easily could have been top 10, top 5 on like a really, really good fucking day. Like, Rock Bottom is that fucking song number 19 was fragments of a bitter memory by dying wish if my memory serves me correctly when i was introducing this song last year for the top 20 i said something along the lines of there was no band at the time doing the metalcore and hardcore amalgamation better than dying wish and i feel like as it pertains to 2021 that is still the case. I still feel that strongly in favor of this band and this record and this song. I think what the Tao Trek here for Fragments really did was kind of just shatter any expectations I could have had prior for Dying Witch because they were a band that was on my radar, but not necessarily one that I was like so eager to champion. Yet when it came d- time to really dive into Fragments, just everything about this band clicked immediately and i feel like it's a song that has only grown in favor for myself I-, I think the versatility shown by emma on this track from her incredible screams to the small but really impactful section where she shows off her cleans she is just a, a star for this band and there is nothing that dying wish cannot achieve moving forward number 18 was picture perfect by mallory Run maybe the least known song in the top 100, but I felt so comfortable giving it this top 20 spot because I believed that's what Mallory Run had earned with this track, the title track for Picture Perfect, the EP. There was a lot really happening in my life at the time that this song dropped in May of 2021. And it was like this perfect storm when you blend in all of just like the pure darkness and misery and agony that I was feeling with this track that kind of has that like really bittersweet feeling going for its delivery and the execution of this track. I I don't really know how to Accurately summarize the sound of picture perfect because I do not want to say pop punk because that's not what it is I don't even really want to say emo because while that is a part of this track It's not the entire composition of it I believe that Mallory run just delivered something that is better for you guys to check out for yourselves and really formulate your own opinions on it because This is a song that was basically just kind of like left off to the side by the general public last year, but If you're hearing this episode right now and you've never listened to Picture Perfect by Mallory Run before, please, 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 please find the time to put in the effort to see this track through because it is flawless and phenomenal in every sense of the phrases. Number 17 was The Shower Scene by Ice Nine Kills. Welcome to Horrorwood was my record of the year last year, and it's a decision that I still stand by very much so. And I think one of the reasons why... I was able to gravitate towards his record so much was because of the infectious nature of a track like the shower scene and just how effective it is in really furthering the setting and the stage for welcome to Harwood and all of the horror themes surrounding this album um i think spencer is completely masterful in his delivery of lines that are even as simple as i hope saying goodbye doesn't mean saying goodnight." but there is this cadence to his voice and his delivery that it makes something so simplistic just mean the world to me and mean everything to this kind of song and the shower scene if you couldn't figure out by the name of it it's based off of psycho and i think all of the themes that this band implemented from that film into this song the shower scene is just a further testament to the creative geniuses that make up this band and you know anybody can say what they want to about the concept of this act you know is it cheesy is it corny is it cringy Yeah, sure, maybe. But you know what else it is? It's just really, really fucking sick. Number 16 was Commit by Tiger's Jaw. I was very surprised that I put this in because Tiger's Jaw, while they're a band that I like enough, I never really viewed them as being a band with the potential to have a track impact me the way that Commit did. But there is just something to the... Delivery of Commit and the way that Brianna just beautifully carries his track all the way through and how the instrumentation in the background, it, it, it acts as just that. It's in the background. It is never put at the forefront of the track. So Brianna has this entire canvas to just paint however she wants to. And the end result of that is one of the most just beautiful and really cathartic songs that I got to experience last year and overall just, you know, this decade so far. I think Commit was the perfect song for Tiger Straw. I think this is a track that maybe not many people got to really experience for themselves. And I'm gonna say the same thing about this I did, uh, Picture Perfect by Mallory Run. If you have not heard Commit by Tiger Straw, you need to go out of your way to do so because this song is something really, really, really special. Number 15 was Sweet by Static Dress. This is the most jarring positioning that I can look back on. And what I mean by that is I don't know how sweet fell all the way to 15 the reality is that this song is not just top 10 and maybe not even just top 5 like i'm looking at sweet and thinking you might be one of the three or two best songs that i heard last year and I, I don't understand where my head was at in putting it at 15 because again it is beyond that placement i think sweet for being the lead single for rouge carpet disaster it was the most perfect and just apropos track that static dress could have dropped when they did and the time frame that they released it back at the beginning of june 2021 i really really needed a song like sweet to just latch onto and make my everything and for whatever reason i couldn't really see the vision as being just that at that point in time but sweet takes everything about static dress that i think makes them one of the best bands in the world today just you, you know the the heaviness to it the catchy ability how emotional and beautiful it is while still being very ferocious and that is just the overall nature of static dress and i believe that sweet is one of the best showcases of every talent and capability and ability found within this generational band Number 14 was Bury Me Alive by Normandy. In my opinion, the best song off of Dark and Beautiful Secrets. And probably, again, in my opinion, the best song ever made by Normandy. I think there is something really special to the pacing of this song. And it completely quiets itself before the chorus. And you can hear Philip just whispering the lines, I guess I'm not going to heaven now. And then that explodes into one of the best courses of 2021 and just one of those kinds of songs that it's probably always going to be in my brain it's never going to not have some form of a stranglehold on me and you know that's a testament to not just the the way that the song sounds but the lyrical meaning as well and the delivery behind this track if heaven is a hotel six foot deep and hell is where i go when i'm asleep bury me bury me alive number 13 was obsolete by mice and men I believe that in my Spotify rap for 2021, this was my most played song and I can totally believe that because obsolete came out back at the start of January. And I remember it being the first song that I wrote a review for. So initially Alteria was meant to be a website where I would like post, you know, blog style reviews of stuff. And ultimately I ended up just like completely discarding that idea in, in favor of this podcast and the graphic designs put on Twitter and Instagram. but. I really believed in everything that Of & Men were offering through Obsolete. It was their first song on Sharptone and it was their first song as part of the EP series that would eventually lead to Echo. And for myself, this was the complete revitalization of Of & Men because Of Mice & Men at one point, around like 2013, 2014... I was looking at them as maybe being the, you know, dethroners for my favorite band of all time, Bring Me the Horizon. Like I really thought My and Men could have been that band, and it didn't pan out that way. But Obsolete is the kind of song that really showed me there was a reasoning behind my thought process and all that. There's a reason why I gravitate towards this band so much, and it's because when they are firing on all cylinders, they are unfucking stoppable. Number 12 was so mean by Poppy. Potentially the most catchy song released by any act last year. And it is a song that is so simple yet effective when it comes to establishing, like, this, uh, like a bookmark in my mind of sorts, because I never once questioned what did this song sound like. Everything about its nature is so memorable. And even the chorus for being so simple and just repeating the line, How did she get so mean? that's enough to really, like, imprint itself on my brain. I think overall what Poppy did on Flux was very much so different from what I normally enjoy hearing from her but when a song like So Mean is what is being presented to me I have no reason to like you know push any of this stuff away like yes Flux is different but you know what else it is it is fucking tremendous and a big reason for that was So Mean. Number 11 was Mutual Fear by Idola featuring John Mess from Dance Gavin Dance. So like I did earlier for Tillian's solo song, I'm not playing this track in the background. And it's really just, you know, because I don't feel like having any kind of an attachment right now to the people in Dance Give a Dance or around Dance Give a Dance or anything related to Swancore. Core. Uh, you know, a, a detox from the genre is not really a, a bad idea right now for myself or anybody who feels so like... I guess dragged through the mud in a way by this sector of the scene and everything that happened surrounding this band this year. And yeah, I don't, I don't really feel like talking about it anymore. Number 10 was Burn by Sharia Moore. I do not believe that I am out of pocket for saying that this could be the greatest debut single ever for a band because Sharia Moore came out of nowhere with Burn and It was immediately a song that I just, like, completely printed my heart onto. Like, this song came at the exact moment I needed something to really pick me up from the, the, the trauma and the tumultuous factors in my life at that time, and Burn being the kind of song that it sounded like something I'd never heard of before, like, I hadn't really... Listen to a band before, take these ideas from so many realms like punk and R&B and be able to uh, combine them into a track like Burn. And the fact that this is really what like started the rise of Sharia Moore and seeing where they are now coming off of Spiritual Ascension, I feel like... The case for Burn being a top song in 2021 only rises. Like, this song could be top 5 instead of top 10. Like, it is that fucking good and impactful, and a big reason why I even bothered to continue with this fucking podcast last year. Number 9 was We Live in a Strange World by Spirit Box. When I was reviewing this song last year for the top 10, I said something along the lines of, we Live in a Strange World was Spirit Box's alma moments, and what I meant by that was you take a, an album like Eternal Blue that is predominantly metalcore, and you have a song on here like We Live in a Strange World that really relies on Courtney LaPlante's clean singing and this electronic production that, to me, sounds like something that Jordan Fish would do, and uh, for those reasons, it kind of stands out, but it stands out in the this really grandiose manner that puts it above songs that easily could have made the list like hurt you or yellow jacket or the summit it's the kind of song that for being so different that ended up being really advantageous to the staying power of we live in a strange world and it's just a song that you know lyrically it makes all the sense in the world to me like Yeah, we do be living in a strange world. Like, this really is how things are. And I feel like Spirit Box managed to give me a song that just kept me grounded and really allowed me to understand that these things I feel in my head, it's not really just reserved to my head. Like, this is the fucking world that we live in. This is reality. Number eight was Eat by Poppy. I remember this song being premiered at like some event linked to the Grammys, or maybe it was just the Grammys, I I don't remember at all really what it was, but I do remember sitting in my living room at the time of the house I used to live in, and just replaying the video over and over again, and just really soaking in the performance by Poppy, and the musicianship that she showed in this performance, and how she is like such a star, and everything about Eat really defines that chaotic nature to Poppy that I will forever be linked to, and I will forever have like this special place in my heart for. I think Eat is the kind of song that it only grew in importance to me as the year went on. And I explained a little bit of this when I was talking about the song as in the number eight track last year. And I'll just kind of explain this portion briefly because I don't want to really like prolong this subject, but. After losing my Mikusa, I started to notice these changes within the way my body like craved food and processed food and it was incredibly scary and it wasn't until that event unfolded that i really start to understand like what eat is trying to say and what it means and how this kind of a song is so important and vital to anybody who may be going through a similar struggle and combining that meaning with just the overall composition and the production on eat it was a no-brainer for myself for the top 10. number seven was die for you by bring me the horizon this made history for myself because ever since 2008, any year that Bring Me The Horizon had material, they were number one. So, you know, every year, all the way from uh, Chelsea Smile in 2008 up to Teardrops in 2020, anytime Bring Me The Horizon did something, they were number one, except for last year, because I put Die For You at seven. And I feel like Die For You is the kind of song that it really showcases, like what about Bring Me The Horizon in this day and age works. And how they can kind of just be whatever they want to be. Because if you were to have asked me coming out of Post Human. What kind of a song Die For You would be before getting to hear it. I would have thought okay maybe they might go further into that. Teardrops and Obey kind of like a rock style. And then Die For You was you know way more of like this combination of That's The Spirit and "Ammo" than anything else. And it's a big portion of like why... Bring Me The Horizon is so important to me to this day because you can never really go into new material of theirs with the preconceived notion of what it's going to sound like. Like, Bring Me The Horizon can just switch things up instantly, and I feel like Die For You is a good example of that. And it's still a fucking amazing song. Like, Die For You had one of the biggest choruses last year than maybe the decade so far. Like, it's the kind of chorus that... You know, once you hear it, you cannot unhear it. You cannot escape, die for you. You know that I die for, I cry for you. You know that I die for you. That shit fucking rules, bro. Number six was Ex Mortis by Ice Nine Kills. The highest rated song on this list from my record of the year. And Ex Mortis for myself was the biggest showcase of the just overall theatrics and grandiose nature of Ice Nine Kills that people have shunned them for in the past because ex mortis to me at least it kind of sounds like this metalcore carnival kind of track but for those reasons i was never once able to pull myself away from ex mortis after hearing it for the first time it's over the top it's hilarious it's corny it's everything that i need an ice Night kill song to be while factoring in the fact that or at least what i perceive to be a fact that the song is just flawless like there was no misstep whatsoever in the structure of Ex Mortis, and it's the kind of song that, you know, all the twists and turns taken in it, it just kind of kept me on this roller coaster style of a journey, and Ex Mortis has been able to, like, maintain its grip on my brain all throughout this year, like... Xmortis is going to be like on my Spotify rap this year. I've gone back to this song so many times. Maybe the most returned to or revisited song from 2021 in 2022 for myself. And all of that is because of just how fucking incredible I believe Mortis is. Number 5 was To The Hellfire by Lorna Shore. In my opinion, still to this day, the best Lorna Shore song ever made. And that is even after having heard all of Pain Remains. If you want my thoughts on Pain Remains, go check out the review for it because I say some nice things about it and then some not so nice things about it um what i will stand by though is that to the hellfire was the best possible way that this band could have introduced themselves in the will Ramos era of lornish shore because to the hellfire has every element of this band that i find to be enticing and exciting and you know even if some of the stuff here was just done to elicit reactions on youtube and tiktok like the screams made by will at the end of the song if you even want to call them screams it's fucking death sounds it all worked it worked tremendously well it got attention for the band like the spot that learner shore in right now it does not happen without to the hellfire and i feel like that's a big reason why this song has been able to just kind of maintain spot in my rotation and It's not at all a song that I regret putting in top 5, even if I didn't think Pain Remains was as good as people say it is. To the Hellfire is still that fucking Deathcore song. Number 4 was Weapon by Against the Current. So, I think I'm not supposed to have a bias whenever I cover music if I'm trying to, like, be, you know some form of a journalist or reporter even though it's not really what i'm doing i'm just some fucking weird guy with a microphone who decided that he wanted to spew his music opinions out to the world over a podcast um yeah i'm not supposed to have biases probably but i don't give a fuck i will let my bias for against current be shouted to the fucking heavens this band is it chrissy costanza is her Everything about Weapon and really the entire package of Fever overall from last year just, you know, really cemented my adoration for Against the Current and why I think they are one of the best bands in the world today. Weapon is powerful and it is impactful and everything about this track just speaks to my heart and it also speaks to a future that I have yet to see and I hope to see one day. And what I mean by that is... There's a line in the bridge where Chrissy says everything is better now and I don't remember if this was on Instagram or Twitter or her Twitch stream but on some outlet she has expressed that when she wrote that line everything is better now things were not exactly better now and it was something that she kind of had as like maybe a vision of what to see through and where to go. And things did get better for her, and that does create this sense of hope within me that, you know, carrying a song like Weapon with me in my heart and mind in the future moving forward, maybe one day I can look back on this song and say, things are better now. And mixing in that, you know, really sentimental lyrical value with the fact that, or at least in my opinion, a fact that this song just fucking delivers musically weapon was the perfect formula for against the current last year number three was she knows it by maggie lineman when i talked about the song at number three last year in the series i was very like pick and choose with how i wanted to express what this song means to me and why it was ranked so high and a year later i'm still gonna take that stance i still don't really feel like explaining the you know every little detail and every little bit and piece to She Knows It and the value that this song carries for myself. What I will say is, it is a track that is admittedly very simplistic. There isn't a lot of complexity when it comes to the structure of She Knows It, the lyricism to it, just anything within She Knows It. It is very basic. However, that does not whatsoever diminish the quality of this track from a lyrical matter or the way the song sounds. Everything with She Knows It works, and I think that is a testament to the musicianship of Maggie and just how flawless she is in her delivery and her execution of everything that she does, and how I believe that she was meant to be a star in our scene. And for this to be a song later on in the year that really didn't have all the time to necessarily season itself the way that some of the other songs in the series did it was more than enough within that short time frame to make a big enough impact on my life to where i was willing to call it one of the three best songs last year and whether i still feel that way or not i don't know but at the time and in the place of 2021 there was no song i wanted to champion more than she knows it number two was secret garden by spirit box so this song released towards the end of may and this is in the midst of everything going on with mikasa and the after effects of her passing and then just trying to move forward and figure out what am i even doing with my own life secret garden was a song that i don't think i appreciated enough back when it dropped and maybe i just wasn't really in a spot mentally to appreciate something like this because i didn't understand initially how important this song would be to me And what I mean by that is I remember a very vivid moment around September or October of 2021 where I was sitting down with Levi and Armin. They were the two cats who I adopted after losing Mikasa and I was just holding them in my arms while listening to this song and one of the lines that is repeated in the outro of the track, nobody waits for me, nobody takes from me. I just kept saying that over and over again to them while they're looking up at me with their, you know, glazed sleepy eyes and it just did something to me. It really struck some kind of nerve within me and it's something that created a much stronger attachment to the song than had been there prior and then getting to enjoy the song as part of the entire package that was Eternal Blue. I felt like Secret Garden ended up being like the pillar of Spirit Box's discography last year, and it's a song that maybe I don't return to so often for personal reasons, but whenever I am able to sit down and soak in Secret Garden and be in the right frame of mind to really enjoy the song and be captivated by it the way that I know that I can, there, there's nothing like it. I think Secret Garden is beautiful and flawless, and overall, an amazing song that warranted its spot on this list. Number one was Butterflies by Between You and Me. So there was a lot that went into the decision-making process to have Butterflies in this spot because at least every song in the top 10 had a strong enough case to be number one. Like I could point at Burn by Sheree Moore and say, you are number one. Uh, to the Hellfire by Lorna Shore, you are number one. Dive by the Horizon, you are number one. She Knows About Maggie Lindemann, you are number one. I had a real case for all of those songs. I think what really made the best case for Butterflies was the setting I existed in at the time of narrowing down this list. And I, I kind of explained this when I was talking about this song being Song of the Year last year. I spent a lot of time... At a nearby Starbucks, or at least a Starbucks that was nearby the home that I was living in at the time. And at that Starbucks, there is a giant window that covers essentially an entire wall. And you can see outside of it, and it's honestly like really beautiful, the scenery. You don't see the sunset, and then when it gets dark. And just having the video for Butterflies stuck in my head, and the video for that song, it kind of showcases the ideas of light and dark but there is love all throughout those portions of the video no matter again if it's light or if it's dark there is love being seen and felt and that really really resonated with me at the time because of just things I was going through and things that I will probably be going through for the rest of my life whether I want to see it that way or not and there's something about butterflies delivery that just meant the world to me more so than any other song last year. I think the notion within the chorus of like questioning how you ended up back in a situation that you believed you had maybe suppressed or moved past, it's something that, like I said earlier, it's probably going to be a factor and a constant in my life for the rest of its existence, and I had to deal with that. But I'm okay dealing with that when I have a song like Butterflies right by my side kind of guide me through life and this song has genuinely helped me through some really really bad moments ever since i first heard it last october and I, i feel like i don't know what my life from last year until now looks like without butterflies and that is as big of a reason as i can possibly give about why i went ahead and placed it as the number one song of the year for ulterior aside from the song just sounding like a fucking pop punk banger and Butterflies is genuinely one of the best songs I've ever heard in my life. I will be grateful and thankful for Between You and Me delivering me this song when they did, at the time that they did, for the rest of my life, and I don't think I would have that any other way as it relates to my connection to this song. And that was it. That was my glance at the top 50 songs for last year for Ulterior, and this was a really interesting experience because it kind of gave me the chance to... Think about going some stuff and kind of see where my head was at and like what adjustments I would make today if I could and I guess the biggest one would be maybe restructuring the top three because what I realized when looking at this and then also now having looked at my Spotify wrapped for this year um, butterflies by between you and me. Ex Mortis by I Sign Kills and Sweet by Static Dress. Those are the three songs from last year that were the most played this year. So I think any of those three songs have like a real true claim at being number one. But, you know, I, I don't do any sort of retrospective changes unless I feel like I need to because of, you know, troubles that bands might get into later on. But as it pertains to right now with this situation, those are the three songs that I'm looking at and saying you define 2021 for myself. And I get to do it all again in a few weeks for 2022, and I really hope that everybody listening to this episode right now, you come along with me for that ride, because it is going to be something else, for sure. Thank you for listening, I hope you enjoyed this episode, and as always, for better or worse, let's make a scene.